welcome, folks, to another episode of That Anita Live, emotional healing to help you create a happier life. I'm Anita, your host, and this week we're talking self-esteem. Self-esteem not only in you, but also in your children. What do you do when your daughter's self-esteem is threatened? We all know that our worth and self-value starts in our childhood, and that, as adults, we behave according to what we believe and how we feel about ourselves. My guest today is one mother that took matters into her own hands. When her daughter began to question her worth and her identity, mom got busy. She's designed and produced a line of 13 dolls to impact the lives of children worldwide. Welcome Mokami Kinoti Kimoto. Thank you so much. <laughs> so nice to be here, Anita. Thank you. I got it right. Absolutely, <laughs> you did. Thank you. <laughs> what was the trigger? What was the one moment that made you say, okay, not my daughter? Well, you just said it, my daughter. Zara was just about four years old when I realized that she was going through something and it was bigger than just not liking the texture of her hair which is the reason that this conversation even came up. She didn't want to go to school in the mornings and she was really antsy and fussy and upset about it and when she ultimately verbalized what was bothering her it turned out that she wanted to be like her little friend who was of Asian descent. She did not think that she was pretty because her texture was kinky curly like mine. And it didn't matter what I said, we had several conversations over several days and weeks, but this was still a recurring theme. And uh, around about that time, we were getting ready for her fourth birthday party. And like many other girls her age, she was going through a princess phase. So we had this birthday party and all her little girlfriends came and they were all dressed as princesses. Um, Elsa and Anna were the main themes in our household at the time, Frozen was a big deal. And it was so interesting because I made the decision to let her open up gifts at some point in the party. Mm. She was very blessed that day. She got maybe eight or nine presents, which was wonderful. And interestingly, majority of them turned out to be baby dolls. So one of the older girls helps distribute the baby dolls to the friends and for them to start playing with. And Zara received the one brown baby doll in the collection, which was cool except for Zara's reaction to it. And that is when I realized that we needed to do something because Zara went on to nitpick every aspect of her physicality, comparing herself to this baby doll. It turned out that it was Princess Tiana from the Disney collection. Wow. Mommy, look at her hair. She wanted, you know, all along Zara wanted this bone straight hair where the comb just gl glid through the hair. Um, she didn't want her hair to blow up anytime she went swimming or get, you know, difficult to brush and comb when she took a bath, etc. And Tiana did not have that kinky curly hair, so she didn't understand why. She pointed out Tiana's eyes, which are a green, hazel green color, and she said, Mommy, my eyes are not that color. Just all these things, and I began to realize you know, why is she questioning her beauty and her self-worth? You didn't think she would grow out of it? Well, um, it had been quite a few weeks now, even a couple of months since the first conversation I had with her. And um, I decided to talk to a few moms to just find out if this was just me, if it was just Zara, or if there was something else that was going on. And it turned out that most of them had had conversations that were similar with their daughters or their nieces or the girls in their life. If it wasn't about the hair, hair texture, it was about the tone of her skin, if it wasn't about 
about the tone it was about a certain aspect of her body the size of her lips the curves in her hips just all these things um, and I began to ask myself I mean what is it about the environment that we're raising our girls in that causes them to question themselves these way this way and um, from all the research all the um, study that I did and then talking to social because you you talked to more than just a few mothers I did you talked to hundreds I took to social media and it was so interesting because I ended up hearing from almost 400 women from all over the world through the social media platform and then of course hundreds more in one-on-one -on -one interactions and I asked a few questions in those focus group um, surveys about what kept them up at night when they thought about the girls in their lives mm -hmm. and also questions that pertained to the women themselves and how they felt about you know themselves in terms of beauty and self-value etc and what blew me away was the response in most cases verbatim responses that I receive from these women I'm worried that um, she'll try and hurt herself again Wow now how or what were their ages of the daughters it's the interesting because the the women were from all walks of life different backgrounds different socializations etc the only similarity was that they were talking about girls in their lives that were aged between 3 and 12 so these are young girls, yes. young girls that are willing to hurt themselves or worse because they don't like themselves, that are starving themselves. Several women said they couldn't remember the last time she'd eaten a full meal or they would never use the word pretty or beautiful to describe themselves or they will do anything, quite literally anything um, to fit in and they didn't feel like they did. And what is, was so interesting to me was to receive these verbatim responses from these moms that made it very clear that this issue was a global issue and it was a pervasive issue, certainly within communities of color, but amongst women and girls. The interesting um, sort of uh, other side to this conversation was how these women um, felt about themselves. We are just so difficult on ourselves. Yes. We are really hard unnecessarily yeah. on ourselves we criticize we're always nitpicking at things there's always something to change or tweak about ourselves we're never fully satisfied with who we are and in, in a lot of instances that actually influences how we feel about our value and our worth and so that is truly what put me on this path to do something i realized that it had to be What's um, interesting is that dove did a research study and asked, they separated the moms and the daughters and yes. asked the moms, how did they feel about their bodies? And it was interesting because in a separate room when they asked the daughters the exact same questions, they had the exact same answers as the mom. Whether it was they wanted to lose, the, you know, that change their legs, yes. if they wanted to change their weights, or if they, they felt like their nose was too big or their eyes were too narrow, the daughter had the exact same answer. You know what's so interesting about that? That is, that's the, the sort of conclusion I came to because I asked myself, why would Zara question her value and her beauty at four years old? Because I've been the kind of mom who's literally raised her up from before she could speak with affirmations. I would hold her little face in my hands from before she could speak and say, you are beautiful, you are powerful, you are confident, you are bold. You are all these things that are, you know, empowered words. Um, we managed how much TV she was exposed to, very, very little. So I just wondered what was it? But it dawned on me that it, 
we're, the way that we're socializing our girls and ourselves, the social media, the apps they play with and interact with as young kids in those school environments, in the playgrounds, etc., they are bombarded with all these messages mm -hmm. and images and ultimately influence how they view themselves. And to your point, if they're then surrounded with grown-up women who have this view on themselves that isn't necessarily positive and powerful and pragmatic, then absolutely, that's what they pick up on. Now, what made you feel like you could do this? You know what? Our children will inspire and empower us to do things that we couldn't imagine <laughs> in our wildest dreams we could do. But you know, honestly, I feel like every single, um, that my life's mission and my life's work is in this and that everything I've been through has been leading me up to this moment. There really wasn't an, it wasn't an option for me. It, there is an absolutely no way that my daughter and our daughters, our girls should grow up thinking that they are not enough. Um, they need to realize that they are. And if you think about it, those qualities and those characteristics that make them powerful and beautiful and amazing, those are innately um, established qualities in all girls everywhere. And so for me, I realized that it's not that difficult to help our girls see that in fact, those things that make them different, those are their superpowers and they need to recognize and embrace those qualities and those characteristics. And so my mission was to create this very differentiated play experience that was truly representative of all those qualities and characteristics. That's how these 13 avatars came to existence. Now, a couple of your dolls, and we'll look at the designs in the next segment, but a couple of your dolls have hairstyles mm -hmm. that have been disallowed by employers here in the, in the US to the point that people have even been fired from their jobs for having locked hair mm -hmm. or for having hair that isn't what the employer would consider well-groomed. How do you feel about that? Well, I think the underlying message, and this is an issue that we really need to tackle. I have grown up the kind of female that it chooses to just live authentically and to be myself. I wore locks for a significant portion of my time when I worked in corporate America and I was in an executive position. Recognizing, and in a pretty um, conservative industry, the financial services industry, but I knew and I'd been raised by parents who from when I was little told me I could be president of the world. Quite literally, my dad used those words over me over and over again. And that stuff stuck. And I, I realized that I, I really could do anything and that what made me powerful wasn't this, it was what was in my heart, it was what was in my mind, my brilliance and, and my attitude and, and those capabilities that were not in any way impacted and influenced by how I looked. And so I was fortunate enough that I had the courage to just be myself and that my work and my brilliance and my mind spoke for me, spoke for itself, so to speak. And I am determined to raise a child and to influence girls in our environment who will do the same. Forget what those um, un erroneous and unrealistic and conventional standards are for what beauty should be. Just be you. Yeah, because in one of your videos on your YouTube channel, you said that fierce females changing global realities. What does that mean? Each one of these avatars has a story. 
they're on a mission. They are doing things with their life that are bigger than themselves and about making change, creating change and having true impact in the world. And they're doing that sort of rooted and grounded in their own individual strengths, in their um, individual gifts and their talents. And so this is the idea and the message to our girls that you are equipped, perfectly equipped just the way you are to make meaningful impact on the world, to drive change, to influence mindsets, to have um, that measurable impact on the world. And our girls get to see it through their play experiences with these avatars, but they see themselves. That's what's happening. They're seeing a reflection of who they actually are and what is possible for them. Now, for most of us, we would call them dolls, but you make the big distinction to say avatar. Yes. Why is that? What is the difference? because they are more than just dolls. They really are. They are, for all intents and purposes, superheroines. They really are. They embody qualities, characteristics, etc., that um, represent the truly empowered girl. They are trailblazing and they are change-making and they are um, catalysts and they are bold and brilliant. And so as far as I'm concerned, this is more than just a play experience that we're offering to girls. This is about truly opening the window of possibility to girls, all girls everywhere, and helping them realize that in fact they are powerful. So that word doll does not in any way come close to represent what they are. <laughs> Avatar is much better. I hope you got that facial expression on camera when I asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back in a second to get the story that goes with each one of the avatars. Welcome to That Anita Live TV on YouTube. Here at That Anita Live, I share episodes about emotional healing to help you create a happier life. How do I do that? Through awareness, education, and most importantly, you, the community. By sharing tips and techniques from real people with real stories of overcoming trauma and abuse to live relentless lives. Hanging out with me, you'll laugh, you'll learn, but most importantly, you'll heal. Never miss a moment. Subscribe to That Anita Live's YouTube channel today. Subscribe via thatanitalive.com forward slash YouTube. And we're back to get the story behind each one of the avatars the princesses, the queens, the superstars. Absolutely, Where thank you. you. Start oh my God, Anita, you know, I think that I probably will start with Teti. And the reason why Teti is one of my favorites, and they're all precious in a very different sense to me, but Teti was actually inspired by my mom, whose name is Teti. And Zara, my daughter, is actually named, her middle names are after her, both her grandmothers. Yeah. Teti is a single mother of three, 
and、um, she's also a renowned author. Tetty kept her journal all her life, and she—it was sort of an escape to from her reality into worlds that she would conjure up through her crazy imagination.、Um, and you know, she kept this journal for years and years and years. And as she had her children, she would share little snippets from her journal, and each of the sort of characters within this journal just came alive in meaningful and powerful ways. And ultimately, her kids actually encouraged her to pursue this thing that. Was obviously a passion for her, and so it's interesting how she kind of stumbled into her genius and is now doing some tremendous things with her gift, which is storytelling,、oh. and is writing these fictitious stories、um, that offer ways of escape to preteens and teens. And essentially, what was important to me was to kind of pay homage to single moms who are just. Working and doing some amazing things, and raising leaders, and making incredible sacrifices, and doing it all on their own. Just being able to recognize、Detailed. those components of of what make women fierce through her story was important. The detailing is incredible. Thank you so much. So that is Teti right there. As you can see, she's fiercely beautiful. She she's wearing her fro with all the confidence in the world.、Mm -hmm. There was this image of my mom from when I was、um, really really young that stuck in me. She had this huge fro that she wore with such confidence, and her favorite color is purple, which is obviously a color. Royalty,、yes. and so I I put in that patch of purple just to represent the royal nature, regal nature, and and something about my mother that、Down、I to the ears being pierced. Absolutely, yes, and yes, and yes. <laughs> So、okay. that's Teti right there. I'd like to share a little bit about Tani, who is this incredibly beautiful、um, avatar with prosthetic limbs. So Tani was rendered. Uh, without limbs when she was really young, and one of the things that her mom noticed about her from when she was a baby almost was every single time the music went on, she would move her body, she would come alive, she just had this energy and this life about her, which would stress her mother out because she wondered how in the world is my child who does not have limbs. Is she going to be able to engage in dancing and things, which was something that was obviously important to her? Well, the cool thing about it is that Tani is growing up in the 21st century, and technology helps brings dreams alive.、Yes. So Tani is an incredible dancer. She's a contemporary dancer. She's wearing the fiercest prosthetic limbs. She is quite literally changing lives. Anyone who has the opportunity to witness her operating and engaging in her talent, which is the dance. Their life is quite literally changed, and so the message for our girls was that it really doesn't matter what it is about you that makes you different. In her case, it was a disability, but guess what? She channeled all that insecurity and all those feelings of inadequacy and the struggles and the pain and all of that into a, her artistry, and through that, is making a mark on people's lives. Isn't that powerful? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The design is powerful. Thank you. Down to the. Prosthetic limbs, yes, and she, she's got multiple sets of them. She quite literally changes them like you would a pair of shoes, <laughs> right? She's got the fiercest style as you can see, and so her prosthetic limbs absolutely align with her sense of style. But more importantly, they truly are the way through which she's able to live out her dreams. Wow, Mara, our warrior princess, again.、Um, 
truly is representative of what feminine royalty is. Mara was born into a matriarchy, so her mother is the queen. And her, her mom and her grandmother were the most and have been the most important influences, instrumental in her life, and have taught her what it means to lead. And so Mara is actually operating. Um, She's gearing up, she's been groomed to be the first uh, commander-in-chief of the armed forces of okay, this so matriarchy, Mara right wow. here, a okay. warrior princess. And so what's so interesting about Mara's upbringing and her mission in life, which is to lead a, an army to protect an entire queendom, is that she is leveraging compassion, which is something that just comes naturally to her, um, brilliant mind, um, just uh, all these talents and these qualities about her that are innate and truly feminine to do something that has, for all intents and purposes, conventionally been a male-dominated yes. role, yes. right? And mm -hmm. she's doing it in a profound way. Again, to show our girls that you are equipped just the way they are. In fact, do not limit yourself in terms of what is possible for yourself. We've done a very um, purposeful job of representing these stories, these pursuits, etc., to our girls so that they stop thinking about conventional standards and they start thinking outside of the box and allow themselves, give themselves permission to just be whatever it is that they can dream up and conjure up, knowing that it is possible. Wow. Yes. Um, what you know, it's interesting. As you can see, we represent multiple age ranges. We, we represent multiple different dimensions mm -hmm. of of diversity that are exist in our girls. And so, one of the things that was really important to me was to represent um, our stories. So, one of the frustrations I personally have had is with this idea of not necessarily having a connection back to my roots. I'm originally from Kenya. I was born in Kenya. And and one of the struggles that I've had is that I can't tell you who my great-grandmother is. I didn't meet her. There is no photographic evidence of her. There is no written evidence of her. And that is the case for a whole lot, for multiple generations that of color not just within the African continent, within the United States, all over the world, just not able to represent, to, to have our stories represented. And for women, that issue is significantly worse because you think about it. We would share our stories, you know, around a fire or in the kitchen or out there as we were working the land. Wooden kitchen table, yeah. Yes, and so if those stories were actually represented to the world, they were not necessarily done by us, they were done by men. And how effective do you think that storytelling has been? <laughs> it hasn't. No. And so what was important to me through these, this collection was to represent our stories as women. I feel like I had this visitation from our ancestors, so to speak. Okay. Each one of the avatars in the collection represents something about those women who've come before us, those women that are in, in our presence right now, and those women that are daughters and their daughters will be down the line. Now, what about the young lady down front? Absolutely, so in the collection are avatars that are aged between six and nine years old. The, the three um, were actually, I actually created their faces from character, their caricatures of Zara, my daughter Zara's face. And it was important to be able for those girls to actually see themselves at that stage in the development process. And so the one that you see right there, her name is Zizi, which is a pet name that I use for Zara. Zizi loves the outdoors. She's fascinated by the stars. She's um, always like 
talking about planet Mars and Jupiter, etc. And she dreams about being that first person to land her feet on the planet Mars. And that's fantastic. Yes. But what was important to me was beyond that, mm -hmm. was to help Zizi not just have this dream, but figure out how to realize that dream. And so the story behind the story as these girls interact with these avatars is, okay, so yes, it's important that you have a dream, but guess what? Wouldn't it be incredible if you were that person who led that first crew that actually landed on Mars? And that is possible for you. And guess, let me tell you what that looks like. Let me tell you what a day in the life of an astronaut or or the leader of a crew would look like. That is the whole point behind this play experience that would be truly differentiated for our girls. And you, the, you know, the, the stories go on and on. Zahara right here is actually almost 60 years old. This gorgeous female, fierce female, is a prime minister. And she is on a mission to eradicate poverty and lack of education amongst girls. And so look at what feminine leadership looks like. Right? And it's why it was critically important for our girls to be able to see that in fact, they have all the makings of the president, of the, you know, you think about it, whatever that level of executive leadership you, you can envision for yourself, it is possible for you. Um, Tara Gia, who's right on the end right here, is actually the CEO of a technology company that's just raised $30 million and is innovating in significant ways. Tara Gia went through life. She worked in the tech space and ended up losing her job when she worked in corporate as the industry evolved and as her role became redundant. Yeah. We've all, many of us have been through that yes. experience in life. But the point is that she decided to take her future and her destiny into her own hands. And the truth of the matter is, our girls need to realize that your, your greatest opportunity for success and fulfillment is likely where your passion is. And if you think about your passion and your gifts, they're directly linked to each other. So instead of just doing things because the world and convention says you should, think about what you're good at. Think about what you're passionate about. Pursue that and pursue that with all your might, knowing that in fact, that's where success will come. That's where fulfillment and joy will come from. Yeah, yeah. I can see all of the passion and the drive. What does Zora think of the avatars? She loves them. I think the fact that they are so beautiful in her eye was was the win. You know, for her to say those words out loud and for me to to feel like in fact she actually saw herself in them. Have you seen a difference in her behavior? Such certainly a boldness and a confidence about her no, and an excitement. Oh, that. thank you. I wonder, wonder where <laughs> Zora gets her confidence in her bold. Well, you know what? I think what's important is that this is an issue that exists across the country and across the world, world for all does. girls. And our girls deserve to have this kind of differentiative and truly immersive play experience. And this is where we actually need help because I'm on a mission to place a million of these royals avatars in the hands of a million girls. And that's not something that we can do easily. Yeah. And this is regardless of social economic status. So I don't care that the girl cannot afford it. My goal is to give them this experience. Take your self-esteem and your identity seriously. Mogami has raised the bar in impacting the lives of not just her daughter, but also yours. While you're on your emotional healing journey, don't forget the emotional health of your children. Take action now to give them a better start than the one we had. It's an excellent way to affect the life of a child today and create a better tomorrow. 
If you'd like to learn more about Wugami and the Royals, visit Royals.com and find them on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Royals Dolls. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check ThatAnitaLive.com for where and when to see our next episode. But stay tuned. We'll have a final word for the girls from Mugami. Okay. To all our girls, I just want to encourage you to recognize that you are enough just the way you are. That whatever it is that makes you feel different, separated from those people around you, be it the way that you look, be it the way that your mind works, whatever that might be, recognize that that is in fact your superpower. That is the way that you will make a difference and a special difference at that on the world. And so my encouragement to you is to be bold, to be brilliant and to be you, which truly is what makes us beautiful as women and as girls. 